As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome aboard The Athletic's Can't Wait Jets podcast, your nonstop shop for all things Jets with Tim McMaster, Zach Rosenblatt, and Marissa Dunn. Can't wait. Welcome into Taylor Swift Week on the Can't Wait podcast because she is taking over MetLife Stadium apparently on Sunday night. She already took over MetLife Stadium for three days this summer. Zach was there. He'll be there again on Sunday. Welcome in to the Can't Wait podcast. Tim McMaster here along with Zach Rosenblatt, our Jets reporter at The Athletic. Lots to get to. We'll talk about we – ha- we have a special guest to talk a little bit about uh, – about Taylor and and what it all means for this football team. But we're also going to talk about (laughs) Nathaniel Hackett and what he had to say just moments ago. Uh, Zach was at the press conference for Hackett. We'll get into the locker room and what's going on. Is it falling apart around Robert Sala? And we'll preview this Chiefs game on the field, not just the luxury suite, but actually what's going to happen on the football field. Thanks for joining us on YouTube or Apple, wherever you're listening. Give us a great review. It really helps us out. Give us five stars. Um, the thumbs up on YouTube. All of it is helpful. All right, Zach, are, are you ready? Are you mentally prepared for Sunday night? Well, I currently have a cold, so I'm not prepared for anything. <laughs> not uh, physically prepared. The, the Jets finally beat me down. <laughs> We're only in week four. Uh, I mean, it's Sunday night football, and it could be an ugly one, so... I'm not particularly thrilled for the game part of it, but it's going to be interesting seeing how many Swifties take up the Jets side of the of the stands because I think Jets fans are already annoyed and not particularly eager to watch this offense play. It's already like late season last year territory. So um, I'm curious to see what the crowd looks like and how many of them are just going to be looking up towards the press box trying to find Taylor. Yeah, a lot, judging by what we've seen on, on StubHub and sorts of things. We'll get into that a little bit. But uh, but the, the tickets are being sold, and I assume they're being sold by people who are fed up with the Jets to people who just want to <laughs> see Taylor Swift. That's that's what the secondary market, I think, is right now. Um, Those are both I, large populations, people who are tired of the Jets and people who want to see Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, let's get into Nathaniel Hackett today. Um, <clears throat> he just finished up speaking. Um, I, I, don't, I didn't think... Like we got a lot to talk about out of Robert Sala back on Monday. I didn't expect we'd get a lot from Nathaniel Hackett, and I guess I wasn't disappointed, right? But but you were there, and and he brought up the same thing, right? Which is we don't get enough plays to get everybody in the game. Which I just like, whose fault is that? 
Yeah, it's it doesn't make it. They had I think they had something like sixty something plays last week. Like it's a pretty um, good amount of plays. And and even even his like it was, the question was initially about Jeremy Rucker and then a follow up about McCole Hardman, which are the two like sticking points with the fan base right now. Uh, and he was like, we're not getting to enough third downs, and so our plans have had to change. Well, maybe put these guys in a first down. I don't know. Um, it's uh, it's confounding, um, and I don't really get the play. Th- I've never heard a coach use play play number as an excuse for not playing talented players. And and ultimately, with with Hardman in particular, like at a certain point, we have to stop listening to what they're saying, and they're kind of telling us what they feel about this guy. Uh, by not playing him at all when they obviously could play him. So maybe, you know, maybe this means he's struggled with the playbook. I don't know. Or maybe for whatever reason, they don't think he's a good fit, but he's the fastest guy on the offense and they have not played him at all. And Randall Cobb is not doing anything for this offense. I think he, I think he has one catch. Almost caught that Hail Mary though. Almost caught the Hail Mary, but didn't. Uh, And yeah, so manufacture, even if it's Xavier Gibson, like we mentioned, Salah kind of mentioned he needs to get more opportunity yesterday, but he said that about Ruckert last week and then he had one snap. So (laughs) um, yeah, I don't really get the reasoning and it seems like this is kind of going to be the rodeo we go through every week when they're struggling. But, you know, Hackett did what Salah did the other day with the Zach Wilson thing, kind of deflected any criticism and saying everybody else has to be better. And it's a lot of the same stuff. And you know, I asked him about the sideline blow-ups, which have become a big topic of conversation, including by Aaron Rodgers. And he he, he spun it as, like, a positive thing because it means everybody's passionate and he wants everybody to be frustrated when things aren't going well and stuff like that. Um, you know, you walk out of his press conferences, you would think everything was great. So I I, uh, I disagree with a lot of his messaging, I would say. But, um, yeah, I, I don't... I don't feel any more optimistic that they're going to get this figured out on Sunday, and if they don't, then things could get ugly pretty quick. So, because the schedule right here not getting any easier. We talked about it way back when the schedule came out that this first six weeks was going to be brutal, and we're certainly feeling it right now. All right, we're going to get more into that game for sure as the show goes along. But we wanted to welcome in uh, James Cratch first. James, managing editor for Elite Sports New York former Giants and Rutgers beat writer for NJ.com, where he worked alongside Zach. More importantly, though, the person who got Zach tickets to Taylor Swift this summer. James, thanks for coming on. Of course. Thank you for having me. So I guess, first of all, we see Taylor behind you, so maybe we can interview uh, her. My wedding, Zach was there. Uh, The photo booth, it was one of the props. I dug it out of the closet this morning for this momentous (laughs) occasion. I think it's good that you made it clear there that it's not always over your shoulder. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, it's not always over my shoulder. But when That's the two most powerful forces in American life collide like this, <laughs> Taylor one, the NFL two, you gotta you gotta spice it up a little bit. Hey, J- James is uh, James went he, he got me those tickets. He was there at MetLife, and he's going overseas to see Taylor too because his wife right. is even a, a bigger Swifty than I am, and a, yes. so yeah. Uh, yeah, glad Taylor can join us. Brian commented. Um, so yeah, James. James is at. I go to my, James for thoughts on Taylor. He's like my go-to outside of Samantha, uh, because I've become a Swifty in the last like six months, as everybody in this podcast knows mm-hmm. at this point. And I thought James would be great to have this conversation because it is kind of crazy. Like, if like the level of attention this is getting. Like, I, I haven't seen anything quite like this. Like, where you have two. As you mentioned, like the two like craziest kind of fans, which are football fans and Taylor Swift fans, kind of com- converging, and it's like I don't know, like what 
what do you think about what do you make of like it's all the attention this is getting like everywhere like it's it's crazy it, it is it's a little bit exhausting like yeah, yeah. i was think, think about throw like okay Many times in the history of civilization have two objectively attractive, rich, famous people <laughs> entered some sort of relationship. And the world's kept rolling, but now it feels like we're stopping on everything. Um, <laughs> and I think what's so interesting is, like, I feel like the, the crossover, the, the, at the casual NFL fan, like, I'm sure they might like Taylor Swift's music, but they're not going to go die hard. But the Swifties are just going so hard into this, like if this keeps going like two weeks from now, it's like, we're going to have 16 year old girls watching Hank Stram NFL film video. Super Bowl four. <laughs> you know, they're going to be, they're going to know who Dante Hall is. They're going to be flashing the X at the era's tour next. So it's just the, the passion with the way. And I actually thought about it. It's like, you know, since it's the perfect setup for the NFL, because, you know, you watch the game and Hey, what's that? You know, they ask their father, their boyfriend, their husband, whatever. What's that little like a logo? That's the AFL logo. Now you're teaching the kids about the merger, you know, Lamar <laughs> Hunt. It just flows from there. Um, it is kind of incredible. So uh, that's on my a way great home, question, though, that yeah. like or a good point. Like this is probably good for the NFL. Oh, it's tremendous. Yeah. Like I've always said this. I've told Zach this many times. I've always been convinced that Taylor Swift will never do the Super Bowl halftime show because she would be bigger than the Super Bowl itself. And the NFL does not play second fiddle to anyone. But they have managed to kind of co-opt her now in a way that's like, I always say, <laughs> the power and the glory of the shield is undefeated, unbowed. They have now figured out a way to glom onto Taylor Swift, but not be in a you know subordinate position to Taylor Swift, which is really incredible. But that's just the NFL for you. Yeah, I mean, you look at, they're talking about this on... Again, this is the commingling of everything. Like you're seeing them talk about it on like first take. You see Mad yeah. Dog going going crazy about it. You see they're probably talking about. I don't watch TMZ, but I imagine that's pretty heavily featured on there. Like it, it's like these two worlds are colliding. Like Aaron Rodgers would be the maybe the best example of someone who, like, or even Tom Brady, I guess to a degree. But Aaron Rodgers even more because he's dated other celebrities. Like where he kind of did that, but not to like like people who are fans of Shane Lynn Woodley were not watching yeah. football. I remember talking to somebody who doesn't follow football, telling them about how I was really busy because Aaron Rodgers was coming to the Jets. And, and and I asked, like, do you know who Aaron Rodgers is? She's like, uh, I'm like, he was with Shailene Woodley. She's like, oh, okay, I know who that is. Like, it wasn't like, like, people, none of these people knew who Travis Kelsey was before. Now it seems like they're learning. Like, I've seen clips on my Instagram of, like, them finding old clips of Travis Kelsey, like, talking about Taylor Swift things or people, like, there's references in her songs to the number 87. And, like, <laughs> it's gone full wacko territory but uh i mean i respect swifties for doing it because nfl fans are wackos too like they they do crazy stuff like that too they dig into things that they're overthinking it and stuff like that but it's just like the perfect perfect commingling of insanity it's it really is incredible and like, i think now that it's like kind of settling in it's like okay like this is kind of cool you know this, this yeah. matchup of these two worlds yeah I, I literally on my drive home from the game the other day i was on the phone uh with samantha and she asked me to give her an education on Travis Kelsey. So I, I had actually recently just watched the Kelsey documentary, so I knew even more. So I was just going through like the life story of his that I knew, and I was educating her on that. And it was funny listening to their podcast, which uh, they didn't even talk about the Taylor stuff for like 35 minutes into it. And even then they kind of barely did. But then they did like uh, 
they do a no stupid questions thing. And so they had a bunch of Swifties like trying to get them to explain the basics of football. Like, which I, as they were saying, and I'm like, I don't think I could do this. Like, how do you explain downs? Like, it's kind of like, what is a down? Um, <laughs> and it's like, I, that's a great question. I don't know how to explain that like simply. I have, you know, my wife is not a big sports fan, not a big football fan. Um, I've tried it and it, it it's hard. Like it is objectively hard to sit there and explain football. Like, well, there's four downs and it's third down. You know, I've always said like the best way to like learn a sport is just to watch it and see things happen. Like you're a kid for the first time you're watching a game, you know, you see a safety happen and you, and you don't understand what it is. And then someone explains it to you and you kind of pick up on it. Um, it's really hard to explain football. So I think that's a good thing for the NFL too, is that they're getting people to watch the game, which I think is the best way to learn about it. Because if I were to sit here, you know, and explain you know, to my wife, why running backs are devalued in the modern NFL. Like <laughs> I would lose her within 10 seconds. Yeah. yeah. It, that's why it's, sometimes it is hard to explain my job because it's, it is a ridiculous job that we have uh, like writing and talking about sports. And I'm trying to explain to her like why I had a busy day. He's like, well, a guy said like a line at a press conference and everything went crazy. So I <laughs> so that doesn't like make sense. Um, but it, I, but to tie it back to the Jets, like, so since they the news, whether it's true or not, I don't know, because the people are reporting and I'm like, how would they know that Taylor Swift is going somewhere? But um, that since they reported that Taylor was coming, like I sent Tim a text with like uh, ticket stuff um, like the The ticket sales have gone crazy. I think the Bears chief game last week was the most watched out of the the afternoon games or whatever, or, or it was a night game or what. I don't remember. It was a 425, um, but like it was 420. Yeah, no one knew she was there until like right. Like I literally. Yeah, think, so like, the numbers I, probably went way up. Yeah, yeah. I finished watch. I was watching the Jets game, and then like I flipped over, and like she was there. I'm like, I told my wife, like, hey, like she's she's at the game, like she's in the box. But now, like, we're gonna have this build up. You know, the people know she, she's gonna be there. I think it's gonna be when, bigger. When she was at MetLife, which you and I both were, the cheers were very loud and it was a very positive environment. She, if she's there on Sunday. She's going to see Jets fans booing a quarterback of the team that they cheer for. And I wonder what she's going to think about that. Because I, if I feel bad about anything for Taylor, um, it's that she has to be subjected to this Jets offense. So. No, it's true. Like I've never been in a, a stadium that had like 80,000 people and everyone behaved themselves. No one got to fight. <laughs> no one swore. Oh, Taylor, yeah. was belligerently drunk. Um, not going to be the same, you know, not to be the same way uh, on Sunday night. Yeah. All right. We can, we can transition a little bit from this. So, so I wanted to get uh, your thoughts, James, because you do, you do a great job of like observing like the media landscape around mm-hmm. here and radio shows and yeah. Francesa and all that stuff. And, and like the way the Jets have been covered, especially this year since Rodgers went down and like the amount that like the dumping on Zach Wilson, I feel like I've, I've never seen quite anything like it. You see Joe Namath, um, you have Joe Meningo, getting tiki so mad that tiki walks off the set <laughs> um like what what do you what do you think about like that whole side of how the jets are being covered because it's like the, the amount of negative there's no way it's not creeping into the locker room like i know it absolutely no is. absolutely not i mean look yeah. i think that one of the, i've always said like new york is a baseball town uh that tolerate likes football so i think it's that i think the fact that the yankees and the mets are so bad kind of puts even more pressure on the giants and the jets um i just think that what I kind of sense is when you watch the Jets play, and I know the Jets fans don't necessarily want to hear this right now, or they they know it and they, it's frustrating them. If they change one player, you can not going to win the Super Bowl. You can see them going yeah. to the playoffs. So I, remember I was watching the game on Sunday, and I'm thinking to myself, 
they if they score two touchdowns, they're going to win. Yeah. And you can't tell me that Tim Boyle is not better equipped to get the. It was like last year in Foxborough before the punt return at the end. They need a field goal. Joe Flacco could have gotten <laughs> them a field goal. So I think that's what's so frustrating. It's not that Zach. I mean, we've had bad quarterbacks before, but it's like they're they're there. Like if you just change this one piece that the coach refuses to acknowledge needs to be changed at least publicly then they're fine i think that's the added frustration is that something is being squandered being missed that could be fixed with one one move has uh has francesa had any good thoughts about this I'm, i know you 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 have oh, an avid listener his, uh, yeah. his po- i will say this like uh the podcast i think has been perfect for mike in terms of like him still being present but not being on the radio every day you know it, He's pretty calm on these podcasts, but he, <laughs> he reared back. He found his vintage form after the Jets game on Sunday. <laughs> I think it's even better because back in the day, he used to keep all that anger inside. He had to hold it up until Monday at 1 o'clock. Now he just turns, <laughs> flips on the thing and just Great goes. Point, yeah. Um, you know, I he, he trashed Wilson. He trashed Hackett. Uh, I mean, he basically called Robert Sala a lying con man. You know, it doesn't really get much worse <laughs> than that. He circled back the next day and took Woody to task for his, his chain. It's tough. I mean, it's – and you're right. Like, Zach – I was thinking about this. Like, you're Zach Wilson. You're getting – taking incoming at all sides. Joe Namath just ripped you. The Chiefs are mocking you. And now the hottest woman on earth is coming to the game. And for the other team – and it's just a complete sideshow. It's like you just got beat up by the Easter Bunny, and now Santa Claus is coming to watch you get beat up again. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, it's got to be impossible for him to function, which I keep on going back to. Like, at what point does it stop being about Zach Wilson's a bad quarterback and it start being the Jets can't keep running this guy out there anymore? You know, at some point you just have to put the other guy in. And I get it. Like, if, if Zach goes to the bench, he's – probably never going to play here in a meaningful way again so i get that this is a final this is this is the end of the road you can't bring zach back next year as the backup obviously you know if if aaron comes back you're gonna need to go out and get a tyrod taylor you know know, you're gonna need to go get the best backup in the nfl because you can't you got to protect against this happening again but yeah i get that you know it's just it's hard and at some point it's like you just got to mercifully take zach off the stage yeah, it's uh, that, that's the thing. It's just like it's exactly what it was last year. Even if he's ha- in a better place mentally, yeah. it's just like hard. It's hard. You feel bad for him to a degree because that. Yeah, I don't think he's a bad kid by any stretch, and I think he's just not suited for whether it's this market or playing in the NFL. He just clearly yeah. doesn't have it. And so. for and for the other fifty-two, you know, you know, how many plus how many are the guys in the practice squad too? I mean. This team's only one and two. They've already got to win yeah. over the Bills. They've only lost two, you know, they only have one yeah. loss in it feel, the AFC. It feels way worse than it is, yeah. You know, yeah, it's like, okay, you're going to lose to yeah. the Chiefs. Uh, you know, <clears throat> you've got a chance to, you know, you beat the Broncos. That's a win. You kind of stabilize yourselves a little bit. You can beat the Patriots. You know, the Patriots are not any good. You know, who knows? It's just they have a chance to be in the mix to kind of stabilize their season, but you kind of feel like they're so – stuck on Zach that they're going to be dead and buried by the time they inevitably bench him. 
All right, James. Great stuff, man. Thanks for thanks for joining us yeah. for the, the insights into the team, but obviously the insights into Taylor coming More to MetLife on Sunday night. Uh, check out all the great stuff going on that James has going on at EliteSportsNY.com. Thanks, James. Thanks for having me, guys. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, moving on to what they're saying, Zach, and they're they're saying some stuff for sure. We're going to check in on the Chiefs. <laughs> We're going to check in on the Jets as well. Um, for this segment, let's start with the Chiefs because Willie Gay came out this week and was asked a question about Zach Wilson and clearly was not prepared to answer the question on Zach Wilson. Uh, this one courtesy of KSHB-TV in Kansas City. When you look on tape, what are you seeing from Zach Wilson in their offense? Damn. That was a hard question. I can't lie. Uh, the team that want to run the ball, mm-hmm. you know, uh, of course, man, you know, not, not, that wasn't, you know, to be funny or anything, right. but A-Rod got hurt and they turned into a team where, like, in panic mode almost. That's what I see, at least. And um, they got great running backs, so now they're just trying to pound it, pound and ground. Um, the running back's been rolling. So, uh, like I say, three great ones. So, that's, I feel like that's their game plan. The best part of that was the pause, right? The question and then... And like you didn't have the video, seconds. but he was like he was like smiling and kind of like laughing too. Yeah, like what what do I say here that's not going to end up on a bulletin? And he failed to, uh, to say <laughs> something that wouldn't end up on a bulletin board. But the thing we've talked about is like, if all this stuff kind of drifts back to Zach, it probably affects Zach negatively to just continue to hear this stuff. I mean, I and Connor has made this point. I hate giving him credit, but like, it's one thing if fan base is saying certain things about you. It's one thing if uh, you know guys on TV are saying it, if guys on the radio, if the media. But when your opponent is basically laughing in your face when asked about you, like that's that's a tough one to swallow. And you hope. Like if there's gonna ever gonna be anything that would get this team to rally around Zach, and I know they've tried, but like you would hope this would be it, something to light a fire in him and the team, and to prove them wrong, to prove all the all the jokes people are making about them. Uh, like that would be it. Like it's pretty great. You see a guy these days say anything like that. Like guys don't really talk trash like that anymore very often, and he didn't even mean to. Like he just was he trying just couldn't hard. help himself, right? He like couldn't lie. Like it's kind of yeah. like me. I'm a bad liar. So if you ask me something, I might find my way to the truth. <laughs> Um, and Hackett, to his credit, like his big response was like, yeah, we've been pretty bad the last few weeks. Um, like it's hard to blame him for saying that. And, uh, I mean, and, and Willie Gay's right. Like, why would you be scared of this passing game until they give you a reason to be in the, the Chiefs defense? 
you know, I think some have made the point that the first three games, yes, the Jets played against three defenses that look great on paper, but how much of their ranking being that good is because they played the Jets. Also, the Chiefs haven't played the Jets yet, and they have, I think, the number six defense in the NFL right now, uh, which is better than usual for the Chiefs. Chris Jones is back. He's, you know, if not the best defensive tackle, he's one of the two or three best. Uh, and this this offense is just the least scary one in the NFL right now. They're the worst in almost every metric. I've been tweeting a bunch of stats all week because every, anywhere you look, whether it's first downs, third down conversion rate, red zone conversion rate, scoring, passing yards, uh, air yards, com- yards per attempt, like it, it's it's all bad. The, even the rushing yards has been bad since week one. And if you remove too long Brees Hall runs in week one, it's even worse. Uh, there's just like not much that scares you outside of Garrett Wilson right now and Brees Hall to a degree. But if you know they're giving it to him, he's not going to go very far. So, um, yeah, I mean, just to circle back, like if this doesn't motivate them, if this doesn't get them, you know, fired up, if this doesn't get them at least showing signs of life, then nothing will. Like I... I'm sorry, like, if, if the other team is just laughing in your face when they're asked about you, like, that's, there's few things I could think of that would make a, that should make a team angrier, even if you, even if the Jets, like, agree with what he said secretly, like, that, that should motivate everybody in that locker room, or at the very least, Zach Wilson, so, Zach Wilson is playing for his NFL career right now, he's playing for respect, which he does not have any of around the league, so, um, I think that was pretty telling with the, with the Willie Gay stuff, because, like I said, you don't expect guys to, to be honest in that way, usually even if you don't think a guy's very good, you 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 like, you kind of like pass it off. You say a general comment like, um, and he didn't, he couldn't help himself. So he ended up getting there with the running back stuff, but he didn't start there, which is where he should have just said like, oh, the you know their running backs carry them, and they're just leaning on those guys. Uh, but you make a good point. Like it's it's one thing like within the locker room, guys grumbling about Zach, but like when an outsider says something, that should still kind of hit home and, and motivate you all right the next thing uh big sound this week was obviously every week Aaron Rodgers goes on the Pat McAfee show now on ESPN um this week he weighed in on all the stuff going on the sidelines all the talk and here's what Rodgers had to say you know there's been I think too many little side conversations and we just need to grow up a little bit um on offense and and lock in and do our jobs, everybody, and not point fingers at each other. And that's everybody, you know. We don't point fingers at the coaching staff. Don't point fingers at each other. Just get back to work and get the job done. Um, you know, it's, it sucks not being there. It's tough. It is really, it's really hard. I miss the guys. I miss the leadership opportunity. Miss balling, competing. I feel like, you know, if I was there, uh, some of those, you know, things wouldn't be happening. He actually went on to mention the, the fans and former players. He said, without saying Joe Namath, um, he said, you're not helping, uh, which I thought was actually <laughs> the best part of the interview was that he actually like threw that in, um, kind of went out of his way to, yeah. to get that shot in on it as well. But uh, I mean, the team reacted, you know, the Salah reacted, the player, some of the players reacted and basically said, yeah, he's right. So, yeah, I, I mean, number one, they're probably not going to say the opposite <laughs> to Aaron, but uh, yeah, I would say, I, I, the thing that jumped out to me out of that whole quote, and it, he's right, everybody needs to like, like showing that passion on the sideline. I, I, I get showing passion, but I also don't think like having to be held back from like your position coach is ever a good look. <laughs> so, 
Um, but the part to me that I thought was the most, I don't know if damning is the right word, was the part where he said, if I was there, this wouldn't be happening. Like, that shouldn't be on, like, a player to be prevent- – like, that. I feel like that – he didn't mean it this way, but that to me felt like the coaching staff didn't couldn't handle this like I could kind of thing. And I, he even I'm not said even saying that in a there, negative way from his perspective. Was, He's probably there. right. Yeah, right. He said, there's, if I was there, respect I hope him. he'd be 3-0. But maybe he has not. more respect in this building than anybody in this building, right. like player, coach. And so I get that. Um, but it's just a sign that, you know, this, this coaching staff and these players, they do need to do, do some growing up, that, that they need to get everybody flowing in the right direction because this really does feel like, and we're going to get into this because there's some other stuff to discuss, but it does feel like we're a couple of, you know, blow-ups away from this really becoming unhinged. And it's only we're only in week four. And obviously things can change really fast. If they go out and play well on, t- on Sunday – Everybody will feel good again. If they go out and beat the Broncos, everybody will feel good again. But if they if don't beat the Broncos, happen, Zach, the yeah, yeah oh, that's where the season fall. goes off yeah. the rails. But yeah. that's why these are all like signs of something that could be. If you remember last year, and you know, we did a lot of we praised Robert Sala quite a bit both mm-hmm. during the season and after the year because there was a stuff. If you remember, week three last year was when Quinton Williams blew up on Aaron Whitecott, and, and uh, that didn't become a thing. And they were one and, and two, know, just like now. they were one and two. So it's similar. Zach Wilson was. Actually, Zach Wilson was coming back in week four when that happened, so a little bit different. But, um, And you look at, you know, Elijah Moore, trade request, um, you know, the, what I wrote about, all the unrest that was in the locker room about Zach and the, the Patriots game and the things he said, his comments, how mad defensive players were at him. All of that could have fractured a locker room, and even though they collapsed at the end, I didn't get the sense that it fractured. They have to do it all over again. Um you know, can Robert Sala cover up all all the holes that are that are coming up? Like I I don't know, but uh, yeah, I, I just think those are all bad signs. But uh, I think everybody needs to do a better job, mainly on offense, and this this group needs to be flowing in the direction. And I I get the frustration because I think again, guys are frustrated with Zach Wilson at quarterback, even if they know that they don't really have a better option necessarily. You could argue Tim Boyle or Trevor Simeon couldn't be worse, but I get the frustration, but it, it's week three, or it was week three, and this is going to be a very long season for everybody involved if they don't just at least try to get this, at least get everybody on the same page, even if you don't like or agree with Zach. Like, they, they need to handle this better, I would say, and I think that's fair to say. Yeah, and that's what uh, Rich Zamini had the report this week, that it was a, it was it could potentially implode soon, and a big reason for it was Salah's support of Zach Wilson, basically. Yeah. Um, and I think it's interesting what you just said. Like, we praised him last year for keeping this locker room together. Um, the thing is, like, you go through a whole season where your quarterback struggles and you just say the things to keep everybody on the same page and you, you back him up and you do all those things. But then, like you said, if you're going through that a second year and you're giving the same defense of him, that's when the problems arise, I think, because that's when the guys are like, wait, we already did this and we were on your side and we stuck together. So, like, what are you going to do for us now? And I think if you're a player, your thought is what you can do for us right now is get a new quarterback. Yeah, and I think he runs the risk of, you know, the words sounding hollow when he says them because – um, you know, he did, he can say it's contacts or whatever, but they benched Zach twice last year and they wouldn't play him in the last week against the Dolphins, uh, even though the game didn't matter. And now he's playing as bad as he did last year. Uh, and Salah's 
you know, the other day he's, he was spinning it quite a bit to make it seem like uh, he was spinning quite a bit to make it seem like Zach was doing fine, and it's pretty clear that he's not. Like he went too far in the other direction. I, I think, I don't. Again, I don't think the locker room has fractured yet. Can I? Do I think it can in the future? Absolutely, because you can't have on one hand, and this goes back to what we talked about the other day. You can't on one hand say you're holding everybody to a standard that they need to perform in order to play or without being pushed and then go out and see what Zach did and then not even acknowledge that he didn't play well. Zach Salah did kind of finally say yesterday that we all know Zach needs to play better. That's the most he said. And he's never going to go out there and trash a player at the podium. Um, But ultimately, like the locker room hears what he says and you know that they hear what these guys say at the podium because the Zach Wilson comments were a big issue last year. So... um, like, is there a risk of Salah losing, like, the, the attention of his players? I, I think there is. I don't think that we've gotten to that point yet. I think there's a lot of concerning stuff that's happened so far, but it is weak. It's only been three games. And, you know, maybe Zach Wilson struggles again. They bring in Tim Boyle. He plays well, and then everybody's happy again. Like, that's kind of what happened with Mike White last year. And Joe Flacco, to a degree, in week two in that Browns game. But, yeah, it's, uh you know, it, it just feels like we're back where we were last year to the T and I feel less confident in this team's ability to turn it around than I did last year. I would say just, just because of how bad the offenses have been. And just because yes, they have Garrett Wilson, but Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb don't really look so appealing when Aaron Rodgers isn't the quarterback. And so I have a lot, a lot of concerns about the offense's ability to turn it around. I think last year at this time, we, cause you said like Zach was coming back. There was a hope that yeah. Zach is the franchise quarterback, right? For a while, I think, especially when they started winning games, even though he wasn't playing great. It was like, okay, they're winning. He's doing enough. Maybe he's going to get this together and be the guy we think he can be. But now no one thinks that, right? Like that was a hope last year for the fan base. No one thinks that now. Now I think it's it's understood by everyone in the league that this guy's not going to be what you need him to be. And that's where, man, it gets frustrating. All right, let's do some matchups for the Chiefs game on Sunday night. Um, the first one, which we won't get into, is probably like Taylor Swift versus the paparazzi. <laughs> but we won't. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. We we won't get into that. Yeah, we were, talk, we were talking with James before uh, he came on just to like about. So I, I, there's going to be photographers probably following her apartment in New York. They're going to be at every entrance at MetLife. Like it's going to be, it's going to be insane. That's the part of this whole thing. That's like, to me, it's just kind of disgusting. It's yeah, like, yeah, just yeah, let people yeah. live their lives. Yes, they're famous. They're rich, whatever. Like. Anyway, to the football. Uh, I don't want to spend much time on that. We, we've actually only gotten one or two comments in the comments today about uh, stick to football. Being angry at us. Yeah, yeah. not too many. So, I, I, hey, whatever. I guess that means that either people that listen to the show know what they're getting, I guess, right? Uh, all right I mean, how much, how, how much do, are people really interested in us saying how bad the offense is every day? Good know? point. We, we need to find <laughs> variation. Um, yeah. And Taylor has given that. All right, matchups. I have three of them for you. Um, first up, D-line for the Jets against Patrick Mahomes. Obviously, this defensive line is tremendous. Has done a great job getting to quarterbacks. But Patrick Mahomes is a different quarterback to get to, right? Between the quick release, the mobility, all of that. Like, what's the approach to make sure they're still able to get to a guy of his caliber? I mean, that's the only way to beat Patrick Mahomes is to hit him because he's so good no matter – even pre- getting pressured, like – I mean, he's probably the most talented quarterback to ever play the sport. Like, he just pure talent. And his ability to just make do insane things 
whatever it is, no look, kind of just tossing it to a guy. Like he does things that, like I'm. Hopefully, I'll be able to focus on him when he's on offense because sometimes you know things get crazy and you have to start writing and you miss some stuff that happens. Like I want to being able to watch Patrick Mahomes live. I did see a game in Kansas City a couple years ago and I covered the Giants. Um, there's not even if you are pressuring him, it's almost not enough sometimes. So, but you just have to. They have to pressure and make it hard, and they in the, on the back end they need to all be doing their job because I don't think their receivers are good outside of Travis Kelsey. So you put all your attention on Travis, and you force their receivers to make mistakes. Kadarius Tony, they have a bunch of young guys out there. Marquez Valdez, Scantling, um, they don't scare you outside of Travis Kelsey. None of them do. So um, they need a they need to get pressure on Patrick Mahomes and need to stop the Chiefs running game. Otherwise, they're going to control the clock uh, like the Cowboys did. Um, but yeah, I mean, it ultimately, Patrick Mahomes and Kelsey are the only things you really got to worry about. And if you don't stop Travis Kelsey and you don't prevent Patrick Mahomes from doing something crazy or finding a deep ball down the field with a guy wide open or whatever it is, like they can't have the miscommunications on the back end because he'll eat them alive. And that that's the biggest concern you have defense-wise, like staying on their assignments, the middle of the field, like the linebackers and coverage. Uh, who they put on Travis Kelsey, I'm sure Sauce will get some snaps against him, but... Chiefs also move him around the formation a lot, so he's not going to be on that side all the, at all times. But yeah, so that and I saw I noticed that Patrick Mahomes uh, in a press conference kind of shouted out DJ Reed because I guess DJ Reed got a pick six against him in college, and so he kind of hyped up DJ. Uh, so maybe it'll be a big game for DJ too. Just you know, I they haven't had interceptions at corner yet. I think DJ and Sauce are due, and you know, Mahomes is a hard one to intercept, but these receivers are prone to drop, so everybody being um minding their p's and q's and whatnot like maybe there's a turnover to be had and the the jets have no chance at keeping this close if they don't force a turnover unfortunately yeah i I mean i guess that's true a a lot of times but almost force points right like beyond the turnover it almost seems like like if you get a turnover at midfield the way this offense is playing you're just (laughs) delaying right you're just slowing down the chiefs you almost need like the pick six or the the yeah, fumble run back or or at yeah. least to turn them over at the 20 so you're getting direct points out of it um yeah, seems the, the like jet by the way the jets do need to get sacks like they didn't get any sacks with the d-line last week as dan botter just pointed out uh, i should say the d-line does need to get home um and that's that'll be a big part of this for sure all right the other side of the ball chris jones is back um, and actually, like, looked like he didn't miss a step in his first game back. Now he's yeah. been back for a couple weeks um, against this offensive line, which graded out well last week. We talked about it on the show earlier this week. The the numbers from Pro Football Focus were actually solid for this offensive line. Uh, Jones is a little different than um, the last two big pass rushers they faced, but but just talk about how that goes down on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, the interior of the Jets' offensive line is going to get a really big test. Uh, Connor McGovern has struggled. Uh, Joe Tittman played pretty well, I thought, uh, in his debut. He didn't allow any pressures. But I imagine they're going to try and exploit him with Chris Jones and Lincoln Tomlinson. I know the fan base hasn't been big fans of him. But, um, you know, this is a big job for those three guys. You need a, you probably need to double Chris Jones. And if he wreaks havoc on Zach and scares him into making bad plays, like things are going to go awry pretty quickly. And, and, and in the running game, the running game, they did not open up holes in the running game really last week. So, that's the bit most important matchup that the offensive line has, obviously. And if they don't prevent him from destroying things, 
Yeah, as Taylor Nagata said, Chris Jones is how you find out what Tippmann is made of. That We absolutely will. We're about to find out. You know, even if he struggles, I don't think it will be indictment on his career or anything, but we can see like how ready this kid is for prime time and right. if he's going to hold on to the job for the rest of the year, uh, which is a possibility if, if he plays well. And by the time Dwayne Brown gets back, like I'm curious what that would mean. But um, I, I th- from what I heard, Wes Schweitzer was going to start last week until he suffered a concussion. He was still out as of yesterday. So I, I don't see why they would pull Joe Tippmann out of the lineup unless they were scared of Chris Jones. But, um, yeah, that's definitely – Tippmann is going to be the one I'll have my eye on for sure. Yeah, that's certainly going to be interesting. I think we talked about McCole Hardman a lot. Uh, Trevor Simeon, we didn't <clears throat> dig in too much, but, like, obviously no expectation that he'll play this week. And he said that, right, that, that when he came, there was no expectation that he would play this season for the Jets. It was just that he was coming in to be the backup. I don't know if that's entirely true. I'm sure part of the appeal of the Jets was the possibility to play. I, he, I think the intention is for him to be inactive, is what Salah said. He hasn't always been honest about that stuff, so we'll see if that's true <laughs> Recently. or not. But, um, yeah, my expedition wouldn't be this week, but I do wonder if how ugly it gets on Sunday if Tim Boyle becomes, like, like if they do consider pulling Zach. Because if, if it gets ugly, which it could against a very good team, like, do you keep Zach out there and keep taking punches with him and get everybody mad on that team? Or do you throw in Tim Boyle, who doesn't have a very lucrative career to this point, but he did look pretty good in that preseason finale. So, um, yeah, I don't know. That's one thing I'm most curious about. If it gets ugly, will they pull Zach? Because you're getting to the point where you have to already, which is pretty crazy. I'm wondering if this game, like, what are your thoughts? Would they be better off playing this game on the road just because of where the fan base is right now? I mean, yeah, because the – they won't get. They wouldn't get booed on the road, right? That's what I'm saying. Like you I mean, say, could get Kansas City is a very a hard. Kansas City is a very hard environment, but there's something different about a loud environment and your home fans booing you as you walk off the field. Like it's happening earlier and earlier in the games, earlier in the season. Zach got booed the in week. What was it last three? Three was just last week. Yeah, last week <laughs> he. I think it was late first quarter, right? Or maybe it was early second quarter. Yeah, the boo started. And he got booed because the offense was going three and out. And if they go three and out of their first drive, he's going to get booed. Like that's a guarantee. Um, and that's a, that's that's hard to handle. You saw what that effect that had on him in that Jaguars game last year, which led to our boy going in. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, it could get, the, again, I, I keep saying this uh, either on here or elsewhere, like. The fact that it's Sunday Night Football and everybody has to watch this probably adds to it. Like, Zach can pretend like he's ignoring the outside noise, but you know in the back of his head, he knows millions and millions of people are watching this game. Partly because of Taylor Swift, but also because it's an NFL football game on Sunday Night Football. And so everybody's going to be tweeting about him. Everybody's going to be talking about him. The next day, he's going to be the topic of conversation everywhere after they talk about Taylor. And uh, yeah, I mean, it could get it could get ugly for the whole world to see, and uh, that'll just make my job even harder because you're gonna have people like Joe Namath <laughs> mouthing off, and uh, that's just kind of the the world I live in as a Jets beat reporter, I guess. Hey, yep, it's what you signed up for. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let's do picks for this week. Um, let's first take a look at back on last week, and here's your 
Winners for week three. I shouldn't say winners, but guys that did great. Uh, Ryan Guernsey, P. Makings, Curse Team, and Brian B. All getting 12 games right. So congratulations to them. Yeah, nice, nicely done there. Um, Had a rough week. If we go to the overall standings, the leaders <clears throat> are at 20 correct for the week. So Space Cadet, Jim D75, Reaper, P. Makings, and NY Impact 414, all with 20 total points. You actually don't have to scroll down too far to find me. There we 17. Are. We're, we're right next to each other. I'm ZSR Oh, that's you. Okay, so we're both at 17. We're above 500, Jack. That's all I can ask for. Because last we'll year, it. I was well below 500. And we, were only, <laughs> and we were only picking three games that we felt good about last year. This yeah. is actually I picking will, all the games. I will say it is interesting. Nobody's been, like, dominant. Because a lot of times with these picks pools, somebody will get, like, lucky a few weeks in a row. But yeah. Um, like like the top one is like sixty something percent, right? Yeah, sixty two point two and a half percent, which is pretty good for as many games as there've been. But and um, that's yeah. that's Should what we... we want, though. I I'd love some separation, just because I'd love to start. Whether it's a single week where somebody gets like fourteen right and we have them on, or somebody takes the overall lead, um, get them on. We do want to get people involved in this and talk about how things are going. But um, but right now it's yeah. a log jam at the top, so. Yeah, once, with the log, once the log jam clears up, we'll start bringing some people on for sure. All right, let's get into this week. And we're only going to talk about, we're going to talk about three games each as we go. But this is my overall yeah. picks, uh, which I haven't actually hit submit yet on, so I could I could change. But tonight's the Thursday night, obviously, a game, which will be interesting. But the three I'm focusing on, scroll down here a little bit, um, the good, the bad, the ugly, I guess, so to speak. Miami-Buffalo is obviously like a premier game this week. Really fired up to watch that one. Um, Dolphins coming off the 70 points, but they're going to Buffalo. I just feel like the Bills the last couple weeks feel like there's a chip on their shoulder after losing week one to the Jets. Miami's riding high so much. I If this game was a little further into the fall, a little colder in Buffalo, I'd feel even better about it. But something yeah. tells me that the Bills pull this one out. Um, I think probably by a field goal, but they're two and a half point favorites, so they get. I mean, it done. It, it's it's a smart pick because when it, when a team gets as hyped up as the Dolphins are, a lot of times they have a come down. But yep. maybe the, I don't know. They're they're really good, so maybe well, they we're going to learn something, down. right? Because yeah. if the Dolphins yeah. win this game, like if they score thirty again, like a thirty yeah. to fourteen win or something, then it's like okay, they they are right now the best team in the AFC, no question. Um, all right, then right below that one. Broncos Bears, the other side of the spectrum. Just too <laughs> brutal. The two, as bad as things have been for the Jets this season, like it's ugly early already in both those cities. Like Chicago, they're already talking about drafting another quarterback at number one if they have the opportunity, um, which is, is quitting pretty quick. Um, yeah. And then Denver, after all the, the nonsense that we heard over the summer and they're off to the start. They just gave up 70 points to the dolphins last week. So I'm picking Denver though. I think, I think you come off similarly, like you come off a loss that embarrassing. And I think they do have more talent than Chicago. I think they win that one uh, minus three and a half. And then finally um, the fighting Michael Dunn's who (laughs) I think, I think that defense is just so legit. I think legit. And the, the Ravens are good. But the injuries are still there, and I think the Browns at home win that one minus three and a half. That was a tough one to pick, though. But I but I like the Browns. What do you got? Yeah, that, that was a tough one. I think I picked the Ravens on that one. But all right, I'll go. Uh, let's see here. I, I just decided who I want to do. Um, 
That Bengals-Titans game was interesting because they're both kind of weird teams right now. The Bengals are banged up. I think it would, it's a big game for the Bengals. I picked them to win uh, minus two and a half. Um, yep, I got the Bengals. Burrow clearly is banged up. He, he actually talked a lot about how he's been having conversations with Rodgers about his calf injury. Uh, he was quoted about, about that. Uh, yeah, but that, that's an interesting one. Oh, the, the Saints-Buccaneers I was interested in because it doesn't seem like Derek Carr is going to play, so you have Jameis going against Tampa. A uh, little revenge. I have the Saints minus three and a half. I I think the Saints aren't bad. I don't know. Maybe I, I haven't watched them closely, but I think they have a pretty good defense and they have some weapons on offense. The Bucks have been way better than I expected, but I think that's going to be a good game. And I will go. Oh, the Seahawks Giants game. It's gone all the way down to almost a pick'em. It's Seahawks plus a half a point. Yeah. I I don't think the Giants are very good personally. I think that the Seahawks have some weapons on offense. The Giants' defense has been rough, especially in the secondary. So I think the Seahawks win, and I, I, I think it's by more than a touchdown, personally. So, um, And then with that, I should pick the Jets. I do think the Jets lose by more than 9.5 points. Um, I know people are pointing out that you picked the Jets uh, plus 9.5. but I did. Um, Call me There you go, crazy. Tim Pro I did, Jets. Well, and I took the Patriots last week because I said I refused to take the Jets over the yeah, Patriots true, yeah. until they snapped the streak. Uh, and they did not snap the streak. I actually thought they might, but they they didn't. But that being said, I I don't know. I that that pick is fully one hundred percent on the Jets' defense. Like I have yeah. no expectations that the offense is going to move the ball. So basically, I'm hoping for like seventeen ten Chiefs. I mean, that'd be you could count that as almost a. Vi- oh, we a don't do moral victory. victories, I guess. Around we here, do but moral that would victories be one. on this podcast, <laughs> yeah. though. <laughs> yeah, we're allowed to. The team can't do it, but we can. All right. Yeah. So that's. Uh, I don't know. That's probably a dumb pick, but I, I feel like even the the chat is expecting the Chiefs to win by more than nine and a half, and that's filled the Jets fans. So whatever. Um, all right. What else before we say goodbye? Uh just you know, enjoy this moment, Taylor Swift. We'll be in the same building as her. I hear again. Diana Rossini is going to be there. Again. Hear Diana Rossini is going to be at the game on Sunday as well, and I'm sure because she's great at this, she'll find a way to to talk to Taylor or something because <laughs> she's so good at her job. But um, and in that case, we'll we'll have to bring Diana back on. Oh, you're putting a lot of pressure yeah. on Diana. Yeah, I know. Sorry, Diana. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just those night games, especially if they're a bad game, it's like always so brutal. Um, Especially for fans, you know, fans going on a Sunday night, like you just feel for them. I'm curious what the crowd looks like. I hope it's a good crowd, though. I understand if fans don't want to watch the Jets in this game, but I, I just want a competitive game, personally. And I'm, I'm just very curious to see at what point we start hearing Tim Boyle chants because we didn't hear them last week. I think. I mean, we're at a different level now than last week. I think they've taken do, do the next you, step. I think one three and out to start. Like, if they don't get a first down on their first possession, I think it starts right then. Do you do you think we hear Taylor chants on Sunday? If they gobble up enough tickets, right? I, I think that, so this is, though, if there's Taylor chants, I think they'll be drowned out because I think, mm, I think the booze. fans that are there to see the Jets <laughs> don't want any part of that. So I think if you hear, like... True. Taylor, Taylor. Suddenly, it's going to be like a the, the other whatever fifty thousand fans. There hasn't been any brawls yet in MetLife, but maybe there will be if that uh, don't, happens. I don't know. Be nice to Swifties, everyone. Be nice to Swifties. <laughs> yeah, I'll be definitely be nice to them. I, I might even think the opposite. Like if somebody tries disrespecting Taylor, they, they might react 
in, in, a, in a certain way. Oh, I, mean, I see. You're, you're saying the Swifties will be the... Uh, yeah, yeah, the, the, aggressors. the aggressors. Potentially, potentially is all I'm saying. All right. But it's funny. Diana just texted me about something separate as we were talking. So she, her ears were tingling. Her ears were tingling, yeah. All right. Good stuff. Um, we'll be back with everybody um, probably Monday, Zach, or maybe Tuesday. I don't know. We'll uh, yeah, it depends on how I'm feeling after being up all night on Sunday. But yeah, possibly Monday. All right. Uh, we'll talk to everybody there. Thanks for joining the Can't Wait Podcast.